Bienvenidos, bienvenida, and welcome to another episode of It's Pronounced Podcast with your favorite she, her, pronoun people. My name is Alicia. And I'm Sangay. We're so glad y'all are here. Yeah, we are. Okay, hit the note. <laughs> I came out of nowhere. I, I didn't plan to do that. It just happened. Like sometimes. Are you, like, are, have you ever been characterized as a singer? Uh, no, but I like to sing, but I don't think I'm a good singer. And I, I'm pretty sure other people don't think I'm a good singer. I just like singing. Sing. I get it. Yeah. And, you know, I just like to sing. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. One of them. Um, so my mom was a mariachi singer, like in a band, like full out. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, my sister is super, super talented singer. I saw I, she posted on Twitter today. She said, I'm going to be singing a little more. I said, okay, yes, girl. Yes. I know. And then she was like, oh my gosh, I like, shouldn't post this. I'm like, bitch, you posted the best video of you singing. Got it. I see you. <laughs> but and I'm shy. I'm nervous. I, we're all like coy when we're like showing our best talents. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah. I was curious. I was like, I don't know if I've ever asked you that, if you've actually like sang or I don't know. No, but I definitely, I will sing with my people and they'll be like, please stop. And I'd be like, but I'm having fun. So wow. The privilege of calling the listeners, your people, then my people, you all are in, you've done it. Congratulations. You've made it. It didn't take that much work. (laughs) (laughs) No, it did take work. You had to press play. You had to get to this point. Yeah, You had to make it to this episode to be counted as my people. Okay, so what's what's going on with you? How are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling like a productive patty this week. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's pronounced podcast productive patty. patty. With the alliteration. I yeah. love alliteration. Uh, that's how I'm feeling. Let me show you a visual of my to-do list, um, which just like keeps getting, this is like what this week has looked like. And that's been like weirdly motivating and I know like maybe for others which nobody else can see so it doesn't matter but considering for others they're like I do so much more in a week for me this was the right amount of stuff to do um and it just felt like good to to have things that I could like get done in a timely manner um and like not feel like I was falling behind so I'm happy about that that, we call that the Goldilocks week you know not too too little it's just right right yeah so that's how I'm feeling how about you yo okay so I've been saving this ah, okay so talk about just right ah get it right get it right get it tight let's go okay so um as of 9 54 this morning okay your girl is I can't even say it. I truly cannot even say it because I don't believe it. I just want to name. I also don't know what she's about to share right now. So we're going to find out live together. What are you? This is like, what am I? <laughs> so like, what are you, Alicia? Um, uh, that, that's another conversation. <laughs> exactly. Not in the, the worst sense, right? So um, as of 9.54 this morning, I, your girl, Alicia. My girl, Alicia. Is student loan free. payment (laughs) student loan oh my gosh I feel liberated I feel powerful I feel light like a weight has been lifted oh I am yeah I feel light I feel energetic I feel unstoppable I feel like you know have you played Super Mario Brothers 
uh again not a gamer but (laughs) i know the game i know it but okay so there's like this star in super mario so like if you it's like a power up is it that one the one um yes you can get it that way yes so sangay's punching the air oh yeah sorry (laughs) no 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 no. this is this is fine this is a visual experience as well Mm. but yeah um i i feel like i am unstoppable like when you get the power up in super mario brothers and you get the star power up because you can just go through anything nothing can hurt you that's how i feel right now wow what are you gonna do with this newfound freedom i don't know get another loan i'm kidding i (laughs) um I, I honestly have been thinking a lot about this because I think, um, so one of my friends, Angelina, um, makes me think about like wealth distribution a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me now that I'm like focused on that debt, I can like figure out what it looks like to like liberate communities. So if that's mutual aid or if that's like donating to certain things or if that's like paying off other people's debts or if that's like helping my family, I don't know. But because I have that paid off, I can now... I have energy to think about that stuff. And I'm just so excited about that versus before I was like, oh, I want to do all these things, but I have this looming debt over me. Not even like looming debt, quote unquote, because that's like, you know, um, subjective, right? To people, but it bothered me to like get an email every single week and to like see the payments and all that stuff, which I'm sure people who have student loan debt, which is a lot of people understand like what that feeling is. But yeah, I did it. And I also just want to name that like you have the most robust savings plan that I've seen because I remember when I too was in a position of like, you, I got to pay these loans and I'm stressed. I was so stressed out. You sat down with me and were like, here's the Oliva saving plan. And I think I have it on my drive still because it was just such a helpful tool. Like it broke down your expenses and then like, obviously how much you want to save. And so I know you had that planned out meticulously. So you deserve to celebrate. I'm really proud of you and I'm really happy for you. Uh, Thanks. And I've, and because of that plan, I've had that this date, I've had October 9th in my head as like, this is the day that I'm going to be like student loan debt free. And I've like kept that for myself and to like share that with you a and B just like share that with people. I'm just so pumped. So, I mean, this is, this is a call. If you're like open to talking about savings, I'm your girl. It really gives me a lot of energy. So not, not just savings. If you like a good spreadsheet, she's also Uh your girl. Like Oh, she, there's a spreadsheet for everything and she'll find it and she'll make sure that you're hooked up. So reach out. She can help you. Please. A freak in the spreadsheets as one says. <laughs> did you ever buy that shirt? I never did because I didn't want to like put it out there. <laughs> it's out there now through the podcast. So now you need to get this shirt. Yes, I do actually. Maybe it's my next tattoo at this mm-hmm. point. Oh, okay. I support that. I support that. But yeah, what else is a, what's been on your mind? Um, So just like some responses from last week's episode, obviously some of y'all heard the SpongeBob interjections and like understood the SpongeBob jokes. Not we thank you. Thank you (laughs) for validating us. And then also some people responding to the Cardi B moment, which that is one of my favorite lines. So what was the reason? That is literally one of my favorite lines. What was the reason, bitch? That's my (laughs) part of it. I had a reason. I anyway, the thing that like really made me happy and just like I don't know, it's just like we're growing this podcast and like really inviting people into the audience is actually um I reached out to Rhythm and Flame on Instagram and just let them know like hey, I mentioned you on our episode, you should go check it out if you want to if you feel like it. And the person yeah. behind the account responded while they were listening and basically told me that 
they were a flight attendant or they are a flight attendant. Um, and so they educated me and said that, I guess when you purchase your ticket, there's an option to tell them when you have a peanut allergy and they're supposed to announce that there's a nut allergy on board and ask that people like me who bring peanut butter on board, not open their peanut butter. So it turns out that every time Did that what airline they worked for or no, no, they didn't say, okay. um, but it turns out that every time that I would get on a plane with my peanut butter, I, I guess I would have been alerted by the flight attendants if I were posing. So what is, what's the probability that both of us have been, cause we've been on multiple flights. Like I, I would say I'm well-traveled. I say you're well-traveled. Like how, what is the probability that we both have not heard an announcement? Like we have not had somebody that has a peanut allergy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And maybe it's just that the people who are on board with those allergies, just have them under control. I have no idea. Wait, did you end up Googling if a mask would help? With I didn't mask? end up Googling okay. it. That's on me. That's on me. Next time. I promise. Next time. <laughs> we have some reporting to, we have to share with the people. The people. I know. And that was, oh, I just was doing so much else. Okay. Sorry. You Keep know, going. you were just focused on the moose. Yes. The meese. Okay. Yes, I was actually. I'm not going to lie. So, so somebody was like, oh my God, they messaged me and they were like, oh, I saw an opossum in my like neighborhood. And I was like, first of all, aren't those nocturnal creatures? Second of all, marsupials. And then I asked, but wait, do you have moose? I, why am I including moose in the conversation, Sanke? I can't see a moose on their residential street. It, and that's my issue. Like, that's, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I do have I do have issues. <laughs> My goodness. Um, any news or announcements besides that? Anything that you want to share that happened this week aside from being student loan debt free? Um, I think like, I, I don't know, I guess it's like top of mind, I guess, because we were planning to talk about it is the debate. So mm -hmm. I've just been, that's been on my mind for the past couple of days. Um, I've watched it like twice now. Okay, um, she's prepared. She has notes. Yeah. And because I watched it with somebody who like didn't watch it and they were like, and I was like, yeah, I'm down to like watch it again. Cause a, I'm talking about it with Sangi on a podcast, but B I'm also like wanting to be a part of a process with you. If you like need somebody to like hold you accountable to watching it and like being more politically active, like why not? Sure. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking about a lot. Okay. Okay. Um, mine has not been that mm, serious of what I've been thinking about this week. I've been thinking uh, people who are close affiliated with me know that I have a newer obsession with biker shorts so I've just been thinking about the new thing that I <laughs> we go we go from the vice presidential debate to biker shorts and that is the shit I like yes and that's the nature of our relationship like what's more about these biker oh nothing just the debate what's on your mind Sangay? oh just my biker shorts that have pockets in them I'm really excited to get them and wear them without a beard. I bought the navy, so uh, I will be okay. not sharing pictures on social media because I'm shy and I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I'm really I excited. You're like you're like I will not be sharing. <laughs> so let your imagination just go wild. Just like okay, take a picture that already exists and like draw navy biker shorts onto me. And that's it. That's what they look like. So I'm really excited about that. Um, should we talk about this debate? Should we go? Because I'm. I think I'm ready. Oh, we ready? I, I'm ready. like ready. Okay. Well, let's like take a like. Let's get a like a Lacroix. Let's sit down with the notes, and then we'll get started. Mm -hmm. Yes. Take a short break, and we'll be right back. 
See you soon. All right, everyone, welcome back from the break. So uh, as you heard in our first portion in our welcome segment here, we're gonna talk about the debate. Um, a lot of you were pretty excited to hear us discuss this debate today. So I hope that we can live up to your expectations um, with our responses, also, reactions. I mean, also noting that if we don't live up to your expectations, we are not a political podcast, but we're- That part. <laughs> exactly, we're two gals just chatting about life and we both happen to watch the vice presidential debate, so. Yes, yes. And I also <laughs> should name, like, I was not doing any kind of real analysis of what any of the candidates were saying. Um, I was just reacting purely off of like what I liked, what I didn't like, the questions that I had. So I didn't do any fact checking. Y'all can go to CNN or NPR or whoever you want for that. Um, and if you want a more detailed analysis of the policies that were mentioned, you should read into that. I am not going to do that for you, but know that you can do that should you choose. Yeah. Disclaimer is necessary for this. <laughs> I just, I don't want people coming into my DMs being like, you should have said this, this, that. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. That, important to note. The thoughts that we're sharing are literally our own thoughts. They're not informed by anybody else. So it's just us reacting to this thing. And also to note that like, we have not discussed the debate and this oh. is like actually us talking about it so for the first time so you're getting like a live preview into like both of us reacting separately and then now bringing it together and be like so what'd you think exactly while we're drinking LaCroix together <laughs> cheers all right Sangay, you have two minutes uninterrupted <laughs> I had to do it you're trying to choke me but like okay the the like the subtle being like uninterrupted like <laughs> really come on the, that is the operative word and honestly I feel like that that's where we should start what we where I think we should start is what everyone on the internet is talking about is Kamala being like I'm speaking Mr. Vice President I'm speaking okay I'm speaking and then proceeding and that was like I know for many people their favorite part it was also my favorite part I can't even count the amount of times I've had to do that. I'm speaking right now. Um, uh, let me finish. Um, hey, that actually was my point that I just said. And then you just repeated in different words. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Say that. Do you know, like there have been many times where I, rather than saying like, oh, that was my point that you've reshared. I've been like, yeah, so similar to what I stated previously and then reiterate my point because what you're not going to do is take credit from me that oh, you're not going to do if anybody knows me like on staff when somebody says something and they're like oh like we did this and they're including Alicia in that we I will straight up be like what do you mean we <laughs> like I was like I wasn't part of that conversation like, <laughs> like so you're not gonna to your point take credit and then to my point you're not going to include me in something that you didn't give me the okay to say you know what I mean I just yes can't. yes and also like what if you like I personally don't want to put my name on something unless I know the quality of that person's work and like actually worked on it with them so please don't say we including me if I literally had no part in it like I didn't play any role please and thank you I'll let you know how much involvement I want if any and that's all you need to know if any so if yeah that's something that I deeply felt was like when Kamala was saying you know I'm speaking like or when she would turn to Susan 
the moderator and be like, um, you're not going to give me 15 seconds because I'm going to have equal time that vice president Pence just spoke. He said, but I would like equal time, please. And I, yeah. I just, that's one thing that I really loved about her is like, number one, from the entrance, I noticed that she just looked like a better choice. In my opinion, she was well-dressed hair was laid. We're not going to not talk about that. Cause it was laid. Um, also yeah. she walked in with a smile. She looked like warm and inviting. And for me, like that's the kind of person that it, it just instills, um, more confidence. Whereas when I saw Pence entering, I was just like this man, like why? Like he, ah, just looked mm-hmm. sick and uncomfortable. And I was just not feeling like he was somebody that I would want to be in the same room with. But okay, so it's interesting you say that though, because like, think about it if if Kamala came in not looking like that, right? Like we would also be having the same discussion about like, it doesn't really matter how like you show up to spaces because as women or as female presenting people, we're like conditioned to be like, you need to be warm and inviting in order to be liked Mm -hmm. or in order to be respected. Mm -hmm. And then that quickly transitions into how Kamala carried herself being like a firm aggressive woman like and not even aggressive in the sense that like she's you know characterized as this archetype of like angry and all that stuff like aggressive as in like she's not going to take shit yeah and that's like what I respect you know what I mean we would we would call her a defensive driver or in the education realm we would call her a no-nonsense nurturer that's those are the vibes that I got from her um Mm -hmm. on this on this debate night like she just very much was giving the you're not going to try it vibes, but like, I love you and I care about you and I want the best for you, but you're not about to try me. Like, that's what I picked up from her on this night. And so I know you had like, I think it was last episode where we talked about this, the moderator from the presidential debate, right? Like what are are your thoughts on the vice presidential moderation? Susan. Mm. Susan, (laughs) that's just one word, (laughs) Susan. I think Susan tried to her point. And, and thinking back to the presidential debate, I think, what was his name again? I forgot. Oh, dude, I think he tried to. Um, both of them did try to respectfully cut off the candidates. However, I think that Susan had two layers working against her. One, she's working with a massive jerk who was going to talk over her regardless of who she was. But the fact that she's a woman, I think, I honestly think, caused Pence to push that even further. Mm. And it felt to me that in the beginning, they started off well and they were like respecting the time. And then what I noticed was Pence pushing a little bit further every time to go over his two minutes and Susan not checking him right away, kind of like in the classroom, right? If you don't stop a behavior immediately, it continues to grow and grow and grow. And I think that that's what Susan needed to do was like the the moment that he went over his speaking time, no, we're not doing that. But rather than that, it was, thank you, Mr. Vice President. Thank you. Okay. So, oh, I have two things. Okay. So just off of that last point to both candidates, Susan said, thank you. When at times they didn't even answer the question. So like, I, I understand. Okay. I understand the placeholder of thank you. As in like, I asked you a question. Thank you for your input, whatever you just said, but you're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Senator Harris. Thank you. Vice president Pence. Why, why did you say thank you when they didn't answer the, they didn't do what you asked. Yeah. So like, even we wouldn't allow that from children in the classroom. So so I, what bothered me the most dude was that when they would like, you know, start off with Senator Harris, for instance. Okay. Thank you for basically inserting. Thank you for not answering that question. I'm going to go over to vice president Pence and ask the same question. 
And then Vice President Pence would also not answer the question and be like, thank you, Vice President Pence. And I'm like, what? What did you say thank you for? Like, like nothing. Thank you for being off topic, for misleading us. I don't, I don't understand. I, and some of the questions that were not answered are like ones that- They're you important. Exactly would want to answer. And, and that was on, on both sides of the stage, right? Like right. both candidates kind of dodged questions. I think for me, it was more obvious when Pence was doing it in that it was happening for many questions. Whereas Kamala, I think, would try to speak to the point, but mm. like wouldn't quite answer it. What I noticed Pence doing was he would just answer the question before. The one that yes. he wanted to answer that he up, I screamed. I screamed when he was like, oh, I'm going to use some of that time to answer the previous question. I'm like, wait, so are we going to just like, you so you're just going to ignore. Okay. Are we going to keep going back and I, yeah. Yeah. So I also kind of want to go like subject by subject, kind of like they did at the debate. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how some of my notes went, but then they kind of went a wall towards the end, but starting in the beginning, I took a couple notes here during uh, the coronavirus discussion. And the thing that stood out to me the most there was Kamala's face um, when Pence said, from the very first day, the president has put the American people first. Her face was the best thing I've ever seen because it was like, because we know that face. We all know that We've face. Seen it. Many of us have made that face ourselves. Yes. It just made me giggle because I was like, mm, she knows, I know, we feel it, we're here. And then the fact that Pence accused Biden and Harris of plagiarizing the plan to respond to coronavirus. What? Because they're saying wear masks. What really bothered me about like the coronavirus section was that like the angle that Pence was giving, like trying to respond to Senator Harris was that like, oh, so you don't have faith in the American people. Like, that's like what he kept repeating. And, and I was like, wait a second, like the American people quote unquote that like Senator Harris is talking about is the president of the United States who actually contracted the virus himself. And then the question that you were asked, Vice President Pence, was that why were you in this Rose Garden super spreader event? What happened? What was the thing? Um, I'm going to take my time to answer another question. And not even answer another question. I'm going to take my time to just throw blame around and say that these two, they want to raise taxes on you. They want to do this. Like, stop. Just stop lying. Stop. Because it's just not cute. And I think that even stood out to me more, like when he would like go directly to camera and say they want to raise taxes on everyone or on you, because he didn't use the term everyone. He said on you. To me, it just speaks to like, you have your constituents and I'm not one of your constituents. I'm not your ideal um, voter. And I know this because my taxes are not about to be raised. I don't make more than 400K a year. I'm not worried about that. And that's the thing that to me, like both Pence and Trump have been very uh, vocal about who they're trying to show up for. And it's white suburban and air quote people, because then again, Trump is putting out messages that are like, they're trying to, make your suburbans horrible they're trying to bring in low-income housing and then like take away the police so they can't protect you which is like that's fear-mongering so let's stop doing I was that just, i was just thinking that and i was like just like the fear-mongering tactics that are included in politics is 
I mean, it's been since day one, right, of like voting the foundation of what like, quote, end quote, a democracy looks like, because let's face it, this is not a democracy. This is not a working democracy, because people at the end of the day, electoral college, hello, are going to be voting for the president, not like the actual people, you know? Yeah. So then we go into the economy. And I just really, I think at, during this debate, I was definitely a part of the Kamala uh, fan club, 100%. Like all of my notes are just like praises towards her. And I'm, I'm realizing this now as I read through it again. Um, so bear with me. But she, <laughs> I just thought her eye contact was very much on point during this section in that, and I don't know if you recall this, but she goes, there was a time when our country pans directly to Pence looks him dead in the eyes and then says believed in science and then finishes her thought and I was like "Ah, does she 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 did she did that she did that and I just (laughs) I really appreciated that because it brought for me a little bit of comedic relief but like also in a very realistic way like none of what she was saying was a joke none of what she was saying was comedy on its own but it was the way that she delivered it that I was like oh yeah, it needed to be said that way because I think that that was a comment that did need to be directed to Pence, to Trump, to like call out the fact that like, you don't believe in science. You don't. So stop like coming up here talking about how your plan is better for our country when in reality, like you're not listening to scientists and it's impacting our economy. It's impacting everyone because you're not listening to scientists. And like- the focus on bringing the economy back, making sure that we like have a booming American dream economy versus like the lives of people. I mean, I mean, we talked about this or thinking about like the the price of property versus the price of people. Yes. And that's like a consistent conversation that has been happening. And I just see that happening, especially within these debates, especially within how people talk about the coronavirus in connection to the economy. It's just so evident. It's like, oh, so you really just want to reopen things because you're worried about money. You're not worried about lives, which I think brings me to this pro-life statement that Mr. Pence was trying to make about how he's pro-life. And it's like, obviously you're not 200,000 people, over 200,000 people have died from coronavirus. If you were pro-life, you would be doing something more about this. Let's Mm -hmm. name that. Number two, you're pro-life, but not when it's black or brown. Let's talk about that. Are you pro all lives or or not? These are, this is also a question to the all lives matter crew, right? Like if you're going to be out here saying- Directly, directly at them. Yeah, if you, how are you really going to stand in my face and say all lives matter, but you really don't care about the black, the ways that black and brown people are treated in this country? Okay, I believe you though. Okay. It's so interesting because I was having this conversation with, um, with one of my friends and like, he, I think that he could hold office. I truly do. Like, and I think that he would like make a lot of good change in a community. And then he was like, I would never win. And I was like, what do you mean you'd never win? And I was, and then he was talking about like the, the value add that like faith has in a debate Mm -hmm. specifically around like the pro-life pro-choice movement. Right. And so he was thinking uh, because of what I believe in, what my faith is, I don't think I'll go very far. And I was just like, how interesting, because that even was discussed on stage around like, you know, like Senator Harris looking at Vice President Pence and being like, oh, I am, both of us are people of faith. And it's like, 
well, why is this a discussion being had right now when we're like trying to answer a question about like what you, I don't know. It was just, it was very interesting to me. So I have a few responses to that. Number one, I think you're right. It shouldn't have even been a discussion because again, separation of church and state. So that should never really, in my opinion, make its way to the debate stage. But number two, I felt honestly offended as a Christian with Mike Pence making the comments about um, their new uh, Supreme Court nominee being quote unquote attacked, quote unquote, because of her Christian faith. Yeah. Where, when, how, by whom, who in there, who has said, I don't want her to be nominated to court because she's Christian. Not in anywhere that I have read or heard has that been stated. It's, it's basically coming down to the point where like things are being said around like the Supreme Court, right? And talking about, I mean, things that I've seen around like LGBTQ plus rights and like how people are feeling entering into that. And then in, and people are connecting that to faith, right? Mm-hmm. And also that's something that I, I found interesting is because that has been something that's been talked about in the Supreme Court, um, it, they didn't talk about it during the debate. Like there was no talks of like, LGBTQ rights, like what that looks like, especially because there were like some really big moves in the Supreme Court that happened in order to make sure that people have rights in the workplace, how like anti-discrimination laws were passed and none of that was talked about during the debate. That's, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, but you know what was talked about, which I thought was super unnecessary is they brought up explicitly by name is Breonna Taylor. And that that move really did you feel some type of way about I that felt too? a lot I, of ways about that. I wrote I literally wrote Brianna Taylor and I wrote question mark exclamation point and like just I just like scratched all over it I was like but why that was why? so unnecessary and it's always oh well we should talk about the issue of race no we should talk about systemic racism do not call it the issue of race race is not an issue racism is an issue Number one. Number two, Brianna Taylor should not be a talking point for debates. Point blank, period. Let's yeah. talk about equal rights. Fine. Police Brianna Taylor brutality. is not police brutality. Thank you. Fine. Let's talk about that. But we're not going to be pulling this woman's name, continuing to pull her into political atmospheres when y'all can't even deliver justice for her. Correct. If you cannot do that, keep her name out your mouth. Keep her name out of your mouth. That's it. That's that really. I, when I heard it, I like audibly just was just like, what? Like, I, I, why, why are you talking? Oh God. I just, yeah. I actually don't even have the words to like form an opinion on that because why the fuck are you talking about her? Well, I'll tell you why, because they wanted to pivot into talking about the issue, the issue at hand, which is they wanted to talk about protesting. They wanted to talk about looting. They wanted to talk about rioting. But what they didn't want to talk about was the Black lives that have been lost that led to the protesting. And I'm going to stop there because yes. Black lives being lost did not lead to looting and rioting. I'm going to say that. And we're going to sit with that. And also... Vice President Pence legit saying there is no implicit bias. Like that's like disrespectful to think that there's no implicit bias. And I, and which is so interesting, Sangay, because as you know, as a, you know, just enlighten me. What do I know? Tell me what I know. Everyone, everyone Mm -hmm. has implicit bias. 
by definition, right? Like that's like, you just I- do. it's the reason that you clutch your purse when you walk past certain people. It's the reason that you maybe don't go around certain p- parts of town at whatever time of night. That's bias. That's what that is. Yes. And so for him, for him to say that there is no implicit bias specifically in our justice system, specifically in the police department is asinine. Absolutely wild. Fucking ridiculous. I went through all of the code switches there in order to make sure my point was fucking clear. I, yeah, at that point, I I think I, I think that's when I must have tuned him out because my next note is just about the fly and I know that there was more the that fly. happened between there so I think well, I, let me I'm let me say fly. one thing let me say one thing right I think as much as I like hmm, let me see how I want to formulate this I will not forget that Senator Harris is top cop You know, at the end of the day, when we're talking about like justice, we're talking about abolishing the system. We're talking about this. Like we also have to like think critically on like Kamala Harris has incarcerated a bunch of people for like wrong things. And so for them to like, you know, she acknowledged that she is talking about certain bans that she's making in it, but then also being like at the back of my head being like, but you also are part of the problem because you said things like, bad cops are making it hard for good cops to do their job. Mm. I'm like, but cops are, are, are shitty. Like, like cops are doing bad things all the time as being a part of the system. Mm. So that's Mm. just, I just think I just had to say it, had to say it. Yeah. That's something that I think she definitely is going to take some pushing on. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see how, if at all, she shifts her perspective over the next few years. Um, because I think that even just to be on this ticket, she's had to make a lot of changes to what she's saying. Not that I think that she necessarily believes them, but mm-hmm. she had to change a lot of what she is saying publicly and maybe is saying some things that she doesn't 100% stand behind, but knows is this is how we move forward. And this is how we get this administration out. So I think that yeah. um, it'll be curious or to see. Maybe like on the unfortunate side, right? Maybe like, this is what I have to say and get to get a vote. And yeah. so like- I'm really trying to be optimistic. And then also, as you know, I'm a hella realist too. So I'm just trying to like, trying to be like, okay, I get that we're in an election. I get that you're saying these things. I really hope you follow through. I really hope as well that she does. And, and I mean, to your point, like she did name, like, and these are the changes that we're making, which were in response to some of the things that she had started doing in California. And she's like, and so I don't think she explicitly states like, what we were doing in California when I was attorney general was not okay. I don't think that she states that, but I think that the changes that they're talking about making is a response to that. Yeah. And I think that that. it takes a lot of pride to come out and say, you know what, the things that I implemented were not okay. I think that that would take a lot of pride to do. And I think that's like my expectation of people as I, as I'm like really just thinking about this is that I see that you're making the change, but then also acknowledge the hurt and like the pain that you did, which I think you're right, like might not be there yet. And I, I mean, again, if you, if you, the listeners have like heard her say that, or have seen something that has said that, please send it that my way. I want to look into that more, but yeah, that's just something that I haven't really come across my desk, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she said it, I think 
you know, more props to her. Cause I think it, it is a big step in acknowledging, like you said, the harm, the hurt that you've caused other people, like, cause this is, these are lifetime. Uh, these are things that will have an impact on people for their entire lifetime. And so I think it would be huge of her to acknowledge that. Um, and I really hope that she does, but that's a huge mindset shift that we're asking for. Oh, talk about mindset shifts in this. Oh, so really quick aside. I'm so sorry. I think this is definitely a non sequitur, you know, however, um, we were talking about like the moderation in the beginning and like interruptions and all that stuff. Um, I was reading, um, an article and it talked about the speaking time for each of the, um, candidates. No, each of the vice presidential candidates. Yeah, I guess people on the ticket. Um, what do you think was the breakdown? Oh gosh. In my head, Pence went a ratio of three to two with three being Pence, two being Kamala. I don't know. Okay. You want to hear the numbers? Yeah. Okay. So Pence spoke for 36 minutes and 27 seconds. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. 36, 27. Harris spoke for 36 minutes and 24 seconds. So only three seconds less. So they have the same amount of speaking time. Isn't that questions about that? So the source here, because we cite our sources, of course, like the source here was CNN. Interesting. I just have questions. I'm like, like, I'm curious because I thought, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I really did think that he spoke more, but then I'm trying to think, is it because of my experience as like a woman in a workplace who's had that happen to me? I like thought about that more. I don't know. Is it because of our potential bias? Our potential implicit bias? Hmm. Interesting. I am so weak. Curious. Yo. And do you see how I acknowledge that though? Like that's like, I was like, you know, maybe it's because of this. Oh, see, I can't, I can't. But it's not real. Implicit bias isn't real though. According to Mr. Pence. You're right. What the hell? You're right. What was I thinking? It can't be because of you. No, 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 no. But honestly, it did feel like he did a lot more talking. Um, but maybe, maybe Kamala just was like, I'm going to get my time back. And, or also maybe, uh, they did just extend some of her speaking portions in an attempt to give her back time. And we just didn't always notice it. And I, when I look at these debates, I always go back to being an educator, right? Like if you're going to give an amount of time to people, you would want that visible somewhere, mm-hmm. right? So they know like, oh, my time's running out. Let me finish. Right. Which I feel like I've seen in presidential debates before, like where they have like a, a like a light like a clock or something. Or something. Yeah. Maybe it was just off camera. Maybe. Maybe. But I would like to think that they would know like when it is, you know, when yeah. it's like two minutes. And then also when, when Susan was like, oh, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Tell me why my ass over here was counting. And I was like, oh, that was 10. So, and that's an educator tip, right? Do not say 30 seconds. If you're going to give them 10 seconds. Yeah. Don't or lie. Versa, right. Oh, we're going to get 10 seconds. You give them a minute. I've done that. But <laughs> just like oh, tell me why my ass was here like okay you said 15 seconds let me count and I was like er, timer is not up Miss Susan it is not up give them the time back <laughs> um yeah the time I do I do like how we were talking about the topics more from the debate rather than what took the most social media presence which is the fly 
the mosca. I wasn't quite ready to go there. I have one more point that Perfect. I want to, let's go. and then let's, let's get to the fly. We can, you see how we can cut this? It's going to be great. It's lovely. So the last thing that really, that was said that I was like, that's so messed up. Going back to fear mongering was Mr. Pence using scare tactics to avoid answering the question about China. Ooh, enlighten us, enlighten us on these. So, oh gosh, I wish I had the the full text of the question in front of me and maybe, I don't know, we'll find it and add it in later. But in the, in his response, he goes on to say Kamala is quote, more liberal than Bernie Sanders. This was direct to camera. So this is him speaking to his potential voters. Yeah. This is to scare people who were like, oh, I don't want anyone that liberal. Because they were super alarmed by, yeah, super alarmed by Bernie. Yes. And in my head, I'm like, dude, all you're doing is giving me another reason to vote for her when you say that more liberal than Bernie Sanders. Like, my dude, you are taking all of us people who are like more liberal than Kamala and then Biden and pushing us to vote for them more. Like, thank you for doing the work for them by highlighting that, which we know isn't true. We know that she is not more liberal than Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, Bernie's out here. Bernie's out here being like, I do not give a fuck. He really is, but, and we know that that's not true. Those of us who like have done our research and like actually been paying attention, but I just thought that that was such an interesting way to try to scare, in a sense, voters away from her by saying she's too liberal. And that's something that I, I don't know, like, that's just not something that's ever worked on me is like someone being too conservative or too liberal more liberal than this other person although I guess maybe if you were like this person's more conservative than Mike Pence I do think that like liberal conservative Republican Democrat like are trigger words for people oh yeah oh yeah that's another thing Pence used a lot of words that he knew would get people's ears to perk up which I think is a smart debate tactic because if you hadn't been listening and you hear him like throw out those those words you're like oh let me tune back in so good on him for using that because it was just like really playing to people who are watching at home who are not paying that close attention yeah but definitely those are those are trigger words that just to pull people in and just to get them riled up you got any other notes to share with us I do I don't know if it can tie in though Oh, I can say it. Okay. So something that was like, I I don't know if I would use triggering, right? But like I, something that was alarming for me to hear was like them talking about, or not them, was like hearing Pence talk about how climate change, actually just not really taking climate change seriously. Let me just say that. The climate is changing. Yes. And I'm sitting here, I'm watching it. And I literally am like, so Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Right. And then as, I mean, for you, Sanga, you live in a place that's literally burning. California is on fire. Flint you cannot have go clean outside. Water. We have hurricanes happening all along the Gulf. In the Midwest, I know that there's been random tornadoes happening. Um, so, and then of course, colder winters, hotter summers, all of that. The climate is changing. The climate is changing. So I just, 
Uh, yeah, a thing that has been on my mind for a very long time, but I just, and maybe that's like, I don't know, that's just something that I was like super alarmed about, like how little the conversation was about it. And then like increasing it to politics, like it's, you know, AOC said like the climate should not be a political issue. This should not be something we're arguing about because it's talking about like our lives together. And I think that they went straight into the Paris Climate Accord, which is like political. So I'm like, why are you, why are you going straight into that versus like talking about the changes and the measures that need to happen in order for our climate to be habitable? What would your ideal debate look like? Who? What does it sound like for you? Because like in my head, yeah, it's just talking about the issue. I actually, I feel that if your plan is strong, you don't need to take digs at what your opponent is doing or not doing or saying or not saying, you can just, your plan should be able to stand on its own without you speaking negatively or changing the subject. So for me, my ideal debate is like, you go up, you talk about your plan, somebody maybe refutes it and like not even (laughs) argues, but they're just asking questions about your plan. Like, so how do you plan to address this? That's what a debate between But I feel like, I feel like the, wow, I'm going to bring this back. I feel like the bias that we have, you and me, Sangay, is that we enter into spaces with a logical framework. Mm. We we want you to hear the question, answer the question. We, as consumers of that knowledge, are going to take that and be like, okay, now I'm going to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, what had happened in the vice president. Wow, vice presidential debate, as well as the presidential debate, is leaning into people who lead in with like emotions and morality, which yeah. is just not us at the end of the day. Yeah. Because, like, if you think about some of the asides that like Senator Harris made, like she would look directly into the camera and she would be like, they're coming for you. Yeah. And like, whereas I know that was powerful for other people, that didn't hit me as hard, even though I fell into some of those categories, right? Yeah. But like, it didn't hit me as hard because I was like, okay, I understood that from this fact that I read and researched versus like this. So I yes. think, I think our ideal debate is very similar, you and me, but I don't think that's what an ideal debate should be. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I definitely for me, I, I mean, I like I, for the entertainment factor, I really liked those little like deadpan to camera moments and like directly at Penn's moments, like those were good for, for entertainment, for shock value. It kept me, um, kept me in there. However, as far as like informing me, that didn't do too much to inform me on like, what's going to be at stake if I vote that didn't do much for me because I, I do think it's smart though, leading into like those pan moments, those quotable moments, you know, all of the things that are going to go viral because we do live in a social media economy right now. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about Gen Z's who are now voting in their first election. I think that's a smart tactic. It's a smart move. You they know, are leaning like- into the TikTok generation. Like I definitely, I think Kamala and Biden, like they're doing what needs to do to reach younger voters. Like I, we should talk about the fly because within moments. Yeah. Viral. Yeah. Because within moments, that fly had a Twitter account set up and the Biden campaign was already producing fly swatters that said Biden-Harris. 
Now and I was wondering, whole, I don't even know if this was a Photoshop picture. I, I should look into it this more. The Biden then, holding the fly swatter. Yes. <laughs> I was like, are you joking? But the, the way you know this, the, the speed at which Twitter moves is incredible. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. And then I turned to my friend and I was like, you know, what's going to happen. They're going to make a video of this fly drinking cran raspberry skating down a fucking highway and what happened the next day i saw that same video on oh Twitter. my goodness and you i was like i existence. knew it because people know that that's what's going to get attention garner excitement like get people hyped up about this election yeah i mean i already know i want to buy a shirt that says i'm speaking exactly i i, I know that for a fact that's for me personally um fade or leave it and I'm still wondering like why that doesn't exist or at least at the time that I was looking it didn't exist that for me was the moment that I would have been like yeah that's the merch that I want I don't really care about a fly swatter personally but it was funny it was you know people are gonna buy it right yeah out of just like humor and and I think on their part it was smart because it's like nobody planted the fly it just came out of nowhere and it just happened to be a really funny moment for everyone who was watching, whether or not you were voting for Biden or voting uh, for Trump, like you probably laughed at the fact that a fly sat on Pence's head for two minutes straight. Oh, 100%. I like retweeted Chance the Rapper saying that like, there's a fly in his head. <laughs> <laughs> I also tweeted about it because I was just like SMH, the, the links that people will go, right? For this. For their but, 15 minutes of fame. Yes. The fly. But like, <laughs> I, again, that I, 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 yeah, I laughed so hard, like deep belly laugh. Cause I was like, that fly is not moving. That was what was funny. Not that a fly landed on his head. The point, the fact that the fly was not budging. Even like, though his head was moving. Exactly. Like, like, that was, was like, this is my home. And questionable. And I saw some tweets about some speculation as okay. to why the fly wasn't moving. Okay. Um, okay. Conspiracy Twitter come through. Okay, so we have to obviously address the fly on the wall in this situation. <laughs> Not the fly, case, the fly on Mike Pence's head um, during this debate. I thought it was relevant as to when, like after which question um, the fly landed. So yes. we're going to play a snippet of Mr. Pence's response. And then, and then you'll have an idea as to what was going on. And, and think about it. The fly is on his head during this time. This entire time. <laughs> Yes. Which this is a very serious response, uh, a serious question that he's responding to and a fly lands on his head. So it's really hard for me not to take his uh, response as a joke. This presumption that you hear consistently uh, from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that that America is systemically racist. Mm -hmm. And that as Joe Biden said, that he believes that law enforcement has an implicit bias against minorities. Is, is a great insult to the men and women who serve in law enforcement. And I want everyone to know who puts on the uniform of law enforcement every day that President Trump and I stand with you. And it is remarkable that, that when Senator Tim Scott tried to pass a police reform bill, brought together a group of Republicans and Democrats, Senator Harris, you got up and walked out of the room. And then you filibustered Senator a Tim Scott's bill on the Senate floor that would have provided new accountability, new repeat resources. Look, we don't have to choose between supporting law enforcement, proving public safety, and supporting our African-American neighbors and all of our minorities. 
Under President Trump's leadership, you, we will always stand with law enforcement and we'll do what we've done from day Pence, one and thank you. Your time is the up. lives of African Americans. Because Trump has been the president that has helped more African Americans than Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite parts was that immediately after that, Kamala is like, oh, so we're doing a history lesson now? Let's have a brief history lesson. She 1864. So she said 1864. I wrote that shit down. I'm like, all right. She all said, right. I got time today. I got time today. Um, I also thought it was relevant that uh, the fly landed. Literally, he says, it is a great insult. And that is exactly when the fly lands on his head. So why do you think that fly, out of everyone in the room, was attracted to Mike Pence during this response on this evening? Why was the fly attracted to his head of all the heads to land on? What do you, you think? I don't know much about the fly biology, like the fly pheromones. Like, I don't understand. Like, what's, um, I don't know, but it sounds like you have uh, some theories that you want to elevate. Well, I know <laughs> that flies are typically attracted to a few things. One of them is poop. And so one theory is that Mr. Pence could be like a human sack of crap, truly. Okay. A theory. The second is that he's an actual rotting carcass because where else have I seen flies on rotting carcasses of meat? And so that's another theory um, that is out there. It's circulating uh, that maybe perhaps the fly was most attracted to him because he's actually not a real human being. Somebody I saw on Twitter also said, maybe he's an alien in a human's body and the human's flesh is like rotting. And so that's what the, the fly was attracted to. Um, I'm just, I'm just reporting what I've read, what I've heard. And then finally, I read, uh, somebody tweeted that that fly was our ancestors showing up during that, that response oh. in particular, because he was talking about systemic racism and the ancestor said, not today, showed up and landed on his head to let us know what's really up. You know, what's so interesting about that? Because it's like, people talk about reincarnation right into certain animals into certain beings and to think that like why until you just said that why did i have a barrier to think that that didn't include a fly or it didn't include like an insect because most people don't say they want to be reincarnated as a fly but i i mean some people might right and so that's in dialogue okay Okay, I fucks with that. I yeah, so so those are some of the theories that are floating around as to why the fly chose that moment on that man on this night to land on his head and stay put. And it was almost like, it was just so interesting to me because it's like the fly came in for this question and the fly left at the end of this question. So I do think that maybe it was a sign. Okay, I'll take back my remarks on him being like rotting flesh and like a crap and stuff like that. I'll take my remarks back on that, but I won't take back my remarks that maybe the fly is a sign. Isaac thinks that the fly is an omen. What's troubling about the fly situation is that the question that was being answered is an important question. And I fear, Sangay, that people were like reacting over the fly versus what he just shared is very troubling. You know, conspiracy, what if? Dive in. The fly was intentional by his party to distract people from his response 
because they knew he wouldn't deliver a good response. So they use the fly to stir up this discussion that we're having, which then would lead to us talking about the fly and not about what he said. I don't know. That's just, maybe the fly is a conspiracy. Now I'm in that hole. I'm in the hole. You, you've got me there. You got me. I, I didn't think about it like that until literally we started talking. Then I was like, well, maybe it's possible. Yeah. And that like makes me think. So like I was watching some commentary after the debate and um, what's his name? James Carville. Yeah. He's like this democratic strategist. And he was talking about it, the difference between what this debate would have sounded like if it was like purely on radio versus being a visual debate and he said that and i quote pence was a radio guy remember they were being seen all the time even when they're not speaking and harris was much better trained she didn't lose her cool she smiled she took notes and pence grimaced the whole time if it would have been a radio debate he would have won 55 to 45. Hmm. just because of how he spoke and delivered what he was saying yeah which i have a hard time with that because in i still what he was saying still didn't resonate with me even if my eyes were closed like which is i i was i'm quick to be like oh because he wasn't trying to talk to us right but then i'm like wait a second shouldn't he be because that's the like point of a debate for an election you want my vote yeah you should want my vote right? Because of all the things that you've done for the African-American community, Mr. Pence. That's what I thought. But like an alarming quote, like going into further into that paragraph that Carville said is like, but she really won the not speaking visual part of the debate, which infers that she lost the spoken part. Which I also don't think is true. I think she won the visual part of the debate purely on her, um, her reactions to things because that's what we're talking about the faces that she made the direct to camera the direct to pence direct to susan moments like i agree she was really strong in that department but i also think that she was very strong verbally like she she she's a pretty strong verbal debater in my mind man and i'm just like also thinking about i mean talking about the fly, right? I'm thinking about like how important visuals are to this. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, speaking of like facial expressions, Megan Kelly tweeted, and I believe she's like a big person on Fox. Um, She tweeted about Kamala, take it like a woman, don't make faces in response to Kamala's facial expressions, which I I think is curious because I have, I, go go off go well no I I didn't even have to go off I just thought it was interesting because like Mr. Trump oh boy just last week was making faces the whole time it's because it's on a woman's face that's yo gender gender politics are I I can go on for days I truly could yeah like how is it that you can't react viscerally like that and then like also not be taken seriously yeah like how when somebody who you disagree with what they're saying and you're trying not to interrupt 
their time because you are trying to respect the rules of the debate, how would you not make a face? I know myself, my, my face speaks before I do most times. Most times, all times, actually. <laughs> I mean, you probably know what I think about something just based off of the face that I'm making before I even tell you what I think about it, so. I think it's just frustrating how, I mean, how I could even have like put bets on how people would perceive Kamala after the debate. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have to watch the debate to know that people would have painted her in a certain archetype being the angry black woman. Yeah, and she had to do so much to not be painted in that way. And still is. And still is, oh, like fix your face. Like you're really gonna sit up here to tell a woman, to tell a black woman to fix her face during a debate when somebody is potentially telling lies to her face. Yes. Or or in the moment when Pence was literally Please hold. Is it the box? No. Ugh. Not even exciting people. Thank you so much. So even though that was annoying and I've lost my train of thought, that was a very sweet moment. Um, what were we? I honestly lost track of thought too. Yeah, and that's okay because I think that we have given this great length. You know, we've talked about this at great length. So at this point, I kind of want to hear from those of you who are listening along. Those of you who responded and said that you were excited to hear us talk about the debate, um, what are your thoughts? Like, what did you think of this experience, this debate experience? What was your favorite moment? What stood out to you? We want you to write into us or, you know, you know how we do. Send us a voice note, email us, DM us, do something. Yeah, you know how to get a hold of us. No, but on the real, like, do you believe um, in the conspiracy theories that Sangay laid out about this fly? Did you purchase the fly swatter? You know, like, I'd love to know if, like, you were part of that, <laughs> that consumer <laughs> subset. Did it work on you, the marketing for the Biden campaign? Did they get you? Um, and then, yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to keep y'all updated on if there is another presidential debate that we can react to. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for October 22nd. See if it actually happens because the last one or the next one just got canceled. So. Welcome back, friends. Uh, So now we're on our last segment of our episode. What are we unpacking? But I mean, Sangay, it just looks like you got something to say. So like, I'm just going to give it to you. What do you, what are you thinking right now? Let me just go there. So I was just noticing that I was in like a crabby pants mood, like all of last night, like any little thing would have set me off. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm running through, like, is it PMS? No, it's not that, but like did something else happen today? No. And it wasn't until I was in bed, literally in bed, trying to fall asleep, trying to like forget the day and like reset for the next day that I go back to the morning when I had received a text that was some nonsense. And the text essentially is like talking about, it's trying, I think, to talk about police brutality, but instead it's focused on property destruction. And that really just wrecked me because it's like because it's fucked up because it is because the conversation (laughs) that because the conversation that like I'm trying to have with you is about the senseless violence that is 
triggering these protests that you're trying to talk about. You and I are not the same. Like, let's that start. Is, yeah, that is ending in lives being taken away. Exactly. People being murdered, killed. Exactly. And so it just really frustrated me because I'm like, number one, like I'm a black woman in this country and you are getting upset, not at the fact that black lives are being taken at alarming rates around the country, but you're getting up upset at the fact that people are upset about this. They're mad about this. So they're protesting. And your focus is the fact that a couple of windows were smashed, not the fact that literally people are losing their lives. They can't get them back. Like the, this is what really irritated me. Cause it's like, that is what insurance is for. Your mm-hmm. business probably has insurance for that reason. Okay. Like your home. And even if you didn't, it can be replaced. You'll find a way. Like I, so I'm just like annoyed because it's like, you're sitting up here mad about, oh, like the poor town and like, how are we going to rebuild from this? Meanwhile, I'm like, this poor family's child lost their life over some stupid stuff. And Mm -hmm. not only that, but this is not the first time apparently that this particular cop has shot and injured or shot and killed somebody while uh-huh. on duty and so it's like, there's a fucking pattern and then pattern and they didn't do anything about it nobody fired him nobody arrested him this is his third time doing it and people are like but the property and like but the lives but the lives like that is what we need to be focused on and then also i mean going back to the last episode, I guess, like the audacity, right? To be like, let me send, let me type into my phone, Sangay's name and number, and then send this to her and, and say that. Like and you, you had to have a thought process because you weren't speaking beforehand. Like, no, and that, and that makes me wonder, like, why was I the one who came to your mind? What reaction were you trying to get from me? Because it wasn't about to be like, oh, you know what? You're totally right. I really feel for those business owners because I don't. No, I really don't. And when have you ever had that stance? Like, <laughs> like not in the time know. I've known you. <laughs> I really have been like, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not being like, yeah, go out, smash the windows. Obviously not. That's not my, my stance, but my stance has never been like, oh, before we do anything, protect the buildings at all costs. No, protect black lives at all costs. Thank you very much. That's what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I will continue to say. And that's my, that's my small little rant Uh, but like I mean continuing on that I'm just gonna say maybe one more line who knows where this conversation is gonna go right but (laughs) I hate it when people say peaceful protests just that phrase in itself is racist or yeah it's tone policing you're literally trying to tell me how to feel how to act in response to an unjust situation an unjust system and that's what people have been responding to it just people really love to tell us tell us, meaning Black people, how to feel, how to act, how to react and respond to situations. But you never want to have the conversation about the system that is creating the types of responses that you don't want to see. So if you don't want to see that stuff, how about you fix your system and you won't run into these problems? That's it. But you should react peacefully, Sangay. Like, I'm all down for when people say this, I'm all down for protests, but like peaceful protests. I'm like, what is peaceful about people dying? Like, shouldn't my response match the actual situation? Like, like, think about that. If, let's say, if you, that is is Newton's law. 
energy is not destroyed. Energy is not destroyed. Like, it is transferred from one thing to another. So the thing that you're doing to me, if it is creating a negative outward facing energy, that's going to be what you get. It's kind of like how, when you get yelled at, okay. If somebody yells at you, what is your initial response? I'm yelling back. I'm either yelling back or I will cry. I'm not going to lie. Cause I, cause I cry when I'm mad. So like, <laughs> that's how like the negative energy sits in you. Like, yeah? That's literally how it releases. Yeah. Like it's not, you, you didn't, you didn't make me sad. I'm just like, so angry that I'm literally crying. Um, so we'll unpack that another time. But the point being like, I wouldn't go up to someone and start yelling in their face and not expect them to yell back at me. So mm-hmm. when somebody shoots and kills somebody else, what did you, you want me to just sit there and be like, well, he was just doing his job. What? Mm-hmm. What? If, if a doctor is quote unquote, just doing their job and they kill however many people in a short amount of time, do you know what happens to them? They lose their license. They cannot practice. They lose their jobs. Okay. So how are you going to sit here and tell me that when a police officer kills people, but it was just his job, what, where, how, me, me who works in education, if I kill anybody, you better believe I'm not going to have my job anymore. And you're really, I hope. Yeah. Like you're really about to sit up here and be like, but they were just doing their job. So I'm just doing my job as an educator. And this person just happened to lose their life. What? No, let's put the responsibility back on that person. And then how people try to justify that, justify a death, justify a murder in talking about that person's criminal record, that person's personality. Oh, they were like already a bad person. They like, oh, they were like recently incarcerated. I'm like, and your point. What, 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 that's not the type of society, supposedly not the type of society that we live in, where it's an eye for an eye. Like that's not supposed to be the case. So no matter what this person has done up until this point, you are not justified to take their life. Null and void, null and void. So let's just like end that right there. Um, this was just a rant that I needed to have right now. I'm pretty sure that most of the people who were listening to this, those of you who, who we know personally, I'm pretty sure y'all feel similarly, but I needed to put it out there um, because it just like really, it was just sitting with me and I, I was mad and I'm still a little upset. And, and just like, as a note for the rest of the world, um, maybe like, don't send triggering videos and articles to your friends of color, because guess what? We're already seeing it. We already know, like, I don't, I don't need the notification on my phone to be from you alerting me to another instance of police brutality. Guess what? I know it. I live it. I see it. And I live in fear of it. I don't need you to put that out there for me to ingest again, just in case I missed it. What, where, in what world would I have missed it? No. And, 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 and what purpose does it serve for you telling me that? Mm-hmm. And that know? also goes to people's Instagram stories, their tweets, like, just because you're not sending it to a specific person, you are posting it so that other people can see it. And you are not like giving people a choice not to see it. And you're not seeing a news. Okay. Exactly. Please stop. Please stop. Mm. If you want to inform, we're, we're stopping. We're stopping. Cause I just like, I'm gonna keep going. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I, yep. I can't, I can't even, I can't even fucking say how annoying that shit is. And not even annoying, because that's like, annoying is like a bug bite. 
It's right? a nuisance. This is not a nuisance. You are no. literally sending my day into a spiral when yes. you do this. I want you to know this is not a little thing that's like, oh, there's a mosquito buzzing in my ear. Let me get it away. No, this is something that sits and follows me through the whole day, literally from 830 in the morning, whenever I receive that news till I fall asleep, that has been sitting with me into mm -hmm. the next day. So I want you to recognize like you may think, oh, it's one little post, but for the what over the thousands of people that we follow on the internet, your one little post could be one of 15. Mm -hmm. and think of how many times you're being exposed to that on a day-to-day -day basis and what impact that's going to have. Be better. Everybody needs to be better. That's it. <laughs> Go off. So yeah, uh, I just, I did really need to say that. So thank you for listening and for like giving the space for me to just like put that out there. And thank you to listeners who also heard it. You're part yep. of the family now. Congratulations. I mean, it's my pleasure, dude. I mean, as, like we've talked about this, it's it's one thing to talk about those things um, to people who don't really need to hear it and like don't have the privilege of hearing it. But like another thing to to have conversations with people that you like love and care about. And that's like you, you're my best friend. And I want to make sure that you, you feel good. Oh, you're going to make me tear up. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Uh, Thank you. On that note, as always, y'all, we're really excited that you came along for the ride, are continuing to join us on this ride week to week. Um, and it seems like some of y'all like it. So if you did like it, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Follow us, you know, and share this episode or other episodes with somebody who you think would like it. And of course, you can follow us on our social media accounts, which are linked in the description of this episode. But mine is at Singe Nicole on Instagram and at another Surleaf on Twitter. And Alicia, can you share yours? Of course. On Instagram, it's at Alicia Olivas. And on Twitter, it's at Alicia X Marie with two E's. Lovely. As you know, we have our uh, introducing a third episodes coming up. So if you want to be featured on one of them, go ahead and reach out to one of us. Let us know. Um, we'd love to have you. We're always wanting to introduce a third. We always want to introduce a third. Always in all ways. Oh my God. You know, that's my favorite thing too. Don't get riled <laughs> up. Oh, okay. Before I get too excited, I'll definitely say <laughs> thanks so much to everybody. Well, this has been another imperfect production of It's Pronounced Podcast with your girls, Alicia and Sangay. We love y'all. Mm, bye. bye.